Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's September 28, 2009, and this is episode 210. On Saturday the 19th of September, I did a portrait shoot with a wonderful gentleman by the name of Lem Fugate. Lem has kindly given me permission to use his photos and talk about the shoot, including a shot of the set. So today I'm going to explain my gear and the process a little. Before we go on, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsors, WebSpy, the Internet Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Specialists. Please tweet the message, thanks to WebSpy, or thanks to at WebSpy, for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter, if you, if you do use Twitter yourself. Uh, to find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com slash mbp and use the discount code mbpwsy for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. Lem and I first met virtually, actually, a while back when Lem asked some advice when he was getting ready to buy a new camera. Then Lem commissioned me to shoot his portrait for his professional profile image, which I was happy to do, of course. I haven't done a lot of portrait shoots yet, though there have been a few that I'm not able to discuss. Uh, the last time that I uh, talked about the gear that I'm going to mention today was in episode 151 and also 155, um, just over a year ago. They were, uh, you might remember if you've been listening for a while, uh, one was a pet shoot and uh, one was a makie craftsman, uh, traditional Japanese art. And I did them in July and August last year. Although I'm not a big sort of street photography uh, portrait sort of photographer, at least not in Japan here, I, I do enjoy that more when I'm in India. Um, but I, I do enjoy portraiture when, like Lem, it's something that's commissioned and prearranged. I enjoy the challenge of trying to make someone look as good as they can with the lighting and the other light modifiers available. I'm still not a total strobist expert in many respects, but I'm getting the results that I like and, you know, for the moment, obviously want to continue to get better. But, you know, more importantly, the clients um, are tending to be happy with the results. So that's, that's one of the most important things, of course. Before we get into the details of the shoot, I wanted to give you some details about Lem, as I find him to be an incredibly interesting person. Lem has lived in Japan for a total of 18 years, which is a couple of years longer than my total. And he has permanent residence, uh, you know, a permanent resident visa, which means that he can pretty much do anything he likes and they can't kick him out. He first came to Japan in 1982, uh, sent by an aircraft manufacturer, McDonnell Douglas, to support the introduction of their CAD or CAM uh, software system. The introduction was a success and the software was eventually used um, with a bit of a, a photography uh, connection here. It was used to design the, um, the or do the mechanical design for the Minolta Maxim cameras in the early 80s. Today, Lem has fingers in many pies. He's director of Asia Business Development at Sawgrass Technologies and founder of Big Mikan Products, 
productions, sorry. And also uh, most intriguing to me is that Lem is the owner of, uh, well, the owner and publisher of uh, Robots Dreams. And I'll put a link to the website in the show notes. But if you if you're interested, if you're into robots particularly, um, check out the robots-dreams.com website. If you're going to type this, remember that it's robots in the plural and not singular robot, as that will take you to a different site. So robots dreams uh, with a hyphen between dot com. Lem is also on Twitter as uh, robots underscore dreams, which I'll also put in the show notes in case you're interested. So back to the shoot, there were three objectives from the shoot. One was to get a portrait of Lem using uh, or wearing casual clothing. Another was to get Lem with one of his robots. And a third objective was to get uh, Lem in a suit for the professional profile image. Lem didn't want any prints, um, you know, so I wasn't going to try to sell him any prints as I, I might do for a, a, a normal portrait shoot. Um, we negotiated, though, that I would give him five full-resolution JPEG images from the shoot, which he is uh, is currently working on the selection of. It turns out that Lem's idea of casual is a shirt without a tie, which is not surprising, really, for a corporate professional. While Lem was changing into his suit after the first two portraits were done, we, well, I basically sort of stepped back and took a, a shot of the set to help explain how I set things up. So we'll take a, a look at that image first, and it's number uh, image number 2362 in my gallery. But you can also see the image in the blog post or the enhanced uh, podcast audio file in iTunes or on your iPhone. We can see here that I have a large 10 foot wide backdrop, which is from Backdrop Alley. And it's a reversible charcoal gray with a lighter gray uh, on the back. This is one of three backdrops that I took and I let Lem choose from this one, a beige backdrop and a black and blue marble effect sort of backdrop. I actually picked up this, uh, this gray backdrop, especially for this shoot, as Lem told me that he was going to be wearing a gray suit. So I knew that it wouldn't clash. We used the charcoal gray side for the shoot. The backdrop is held up by an impact background support system which has four three-foot uh, sections uh, of pole where, you know, you can use, like, you could just use one th uh, three-foot section, not really much point. Uh, you can use two for six-foot, three for nine, and all, all four for a 12-foot uh, backdrop support. And actually, you know, I think I'm probably lying. You probably can't use the three because I think you've got you've to hook at least two together to get the eyes that drop over the top of the support. So six-foot would be the minimum uh, width that you could use this with the um i right now at this you know for this shoot i was using three of the supports for a nine foot wide support uh you can also probably make uh, you know make out that i have just about from the small web uh, image at least probably make out that i have four large black clips holding the backdrop taut um you can just let it hang that's fine as well but um you know if you stretch it out a little bit by using these sort of clips, it'll help to sort of remove the creases that you can inevitably get with these backdrops. The stool here is actually a little bit further back than where we had it when uh, Lem was sitting in the set for the shoot. I 
move the subject away from the backdrop as far as space allows, uh, again, to allow the creases to disappear into the bucket, but also, um, you know, it, it just helps to sort of, you know, if you get the, the background further away, it helps to enhance the, the bucket a little bit more. The umbrella to the right side is a 45-inch, uh, it's a Photoflex convertible umbrella with the back, the uh, black cover removed. You can see that it's just a totally white umbrella there. And basically, we're you know with the strobe pointing into it that way, with, and with the umbrella in between the strobe and the uh, the subject, we're shoot, shooting through it. This provides quite a strong light source. Um, but relatively soft as I place it as close to the subject as possible without it getting into the way of the photograph. The further away you move the light source, the smaller it gets in relation to the subject and the harsher the light will get because it, it doesn't wrap around the subject as much as it does when it's close to them. Note that I have uh, the Canon Speedlight 580EX2 on the right uh, light stand and have I've mounted it sideways uh, with the infrared window pointing towards me and then I've just turned the flash head uh, back towards the umbrella. This is to give me the best line of sight from the Canon STE2 transmitter that was mounted on in the flash shoe uh, on the camera. Also note that I turned the power of the right strobe down uh, right down for this image, just for this image as there was too much contrast to make the photograph otherwise. Uh, all you would have seen um, was you know, just this one flash uh, popping light into the umbrella and everything else would be dark. The large umbrella that you can see in the, uh, to the left of this image is a 60 inch wide Photoflex convertible umbrella which is again white but this time used with the, back, the black backing on and I'm shooting into the umbrella reflecting light back towards the subject. This way it proves a very broad diffused soft light um, like a fill flash. It's, you know, I'm using it really as a fill flash here just to pop a little bit of light into what would otherwise be uh, harsh shadows where the main light doesn't uh, hit the subject. To make sure that the shadows are not uh, overly filled in I turned the power of the 550EX strobe on the left down by two-thirds of a stop and to make sure that the main light was was main indeed, I turned this one up by uh, two point uh, two thirds of a stop. I also, you know, what I sometimes do is I leave the strobes on zero and then just use the ratio settings on the STE2. But both give you the same effect. So you know, there's no not really any. It, it's it's easier to change quickly if you do it with the STE2 because you don't have to go to each strobe. But you know, I, I find that either way works just as well. The result to my eye is a nice uh, natural light, you know, the, the, balance, the way I balance this out and the, the way I set the set the setup. Um, nice natural light with some catch lights in the subject's eyes and just a bit of reflected light uh, in the subject's forehead as well. You know, we can, well, let's take a look uh, at uh, the image, the first image that we wanted to look at today and it's image number 2364. Meet Mr. Lem Fugit. This is Lem with the casual look without a tie. You can see those catch lights and how the light seems to be coming mainly from his right with the shadows uh, on the left side of his face as we look at this uh, image filled pretty naturally. If 
Lamb was a lady, I would probably have brightened the left strobe a little bit more to lighten the shadows more, but I thought for Lamb that this would, uh, it would, you know, just be able to sort of see the lines in his distinguished face for a more rugged look, uh, but not to the point where he looks old. Um, remember that, we're, you know, we're trying to make the subject make look as, as good as they can. In image number two, uh, 2363, you can see how we have uh, Lem now, still casual, but this time with one of his robots. Here I directed him to hold the robot with his hand right up the robot's back, almost like support, and you know, supporting the head, as you have to do with a young baby. Note too how I had Lem tilt his own head uh, towards the robot, showing the close connection between the two of them. You'll note that I'm, I'm cropping very tightly in these shots, which is basically so that we can avoid uh, getting Lem's stomach in the, in the image. He's a tall and well-built uh, guy and has a little bit of a belly there um, that he's quite conscious of. So, you know, we, we made a conscious decision to not include that in the images. Again, you know, the job is to make the subject look as good as we can. I avoided including the stomach in all of the images with this tight crop. Um, with, you know, w myself with a, a not insignificant abdominal expansion problem, I, I do know exactly how Lem feels on this one. In image 2361, you can see that Lem is now in his suit for his corporate profile image. For this first shot, I was standing on the sofa and had the subject look up at me slightly. We also had a large reflector now in front of him, bouncing some light uh, off, you know, off the, um, the, from the large umbrella, the 60-inch umbrella on the side. We were bouncing some of that light uh, off a reflector in front of Lem and back up under his chin to sort of de-emphasize the lines on his neck. Not unsightly in any way, but, you know, as we say, the better we can make the subject look, the better, and the more they're going to like the images. I used my 85mm f1.2 L lens uh, for this, you know, all the, all of the images except for the last one that we looked at, for which I used the uh, the 135 f2, uh, the one with the rope with Lem and the robot. Uh, but that's it. Everything else was shot with the 85mm f1.2 L lens. The camera was in manual mode, and I I set the shutter speed to one two hundredth of a second, and let the ETTL do the work with the exposure. Uh, via the flashes. Without the flash, you know, the, the image was just totally black. But you know, we got this nice, uh, nice, relatively natural lighting uh, just through the ETTL system doing its job. I didn't have to take total control of, you know, and go into manual with the flash, which is an option if you, you're going to have things change the way that you know the way the camera meters the scene. In this image, uh, I had opened the. Uh, aperture up to f 1.8 for a nice shallow depth of field and of course focused critically on the eyes. In the next image number 2360 I opened up the aperture fully to f 1.2 for a very shallow depth of field. I was a little further away from the subject at this point though so it's probably about the same depth of field as the last shot when you know when you calculate it out. Again though, when shooting wide open with this lens, focusing is critical and although I use a tripod and live view to really sort of fine tune the focus 
when I'm working on landscapes or flower shots, things like that, I find that the only way to move quickly and freely for a portrait shoot is to work handheld. This means that both you and that you know you can move, and the subject can move. And you know when you're when you're working at this sort of shallow depth of field, you're inev- invariably going to get some shots that uh, just don't hit the mark. The trick is to keep on you know on top of the focusing and just shoot a couple of images for each pose. You'll see that Lem has a very natural smile in these images. I was lucky that he had no problem smiling and being natural. Um, it's incredibly important though to keep talking to your subject and not just sort of become a photo machine, plugging away at the subject, totally disregarding their feelings. A portrait shoot can be stressful, and I like to use up to 90 minutes to two hours for the actual shoot, so it can be tiring for the subject too. I found that Lem looked the best and most natural while he was chuckling very, you know, just a little. So every so often, I, when I felt that the smile was sort of getting lost there, I'd ask Lem to give me one of those chuckles again, and we got right back on track. As we move to the next image, number 2359, note that the, the very slight change, there's a very slight change in the angle of the subject's head. In the previous image, we have a distinguished gentleman looking as though he could be the President of the United States or something. But in this image, we have a cheeky boyishness. This is all from that slight tilt in the head. I, I actually really like this shot. I think it's one of the best from the sitting. I don't know if Lem will choose, you know, choose this image. And I know that he listens to this podcast, so I don't want to say too much. But this one really works for me. Again, shot wide open at f1.2. The framing's spot on. The lighting's good. We've got those nice catch lights in the eye. And the reflector bouncing light under the chin. It all just works for me. I like to have the subject look away to one side, then look back at me. And I often hold a hand out to one side and ask the subject to look straight at the hand, um, then without moving their heads, look back at me, you know, just moving the eyes. I don't know if this is a standard practice, and I don't know if I heard it somewhere and subliminally just recall this, or if I, I just figured this out myself, but it just tends to work for me. What works for me, though, may not always work for the client, so I make sure that I get some pretty much straight-on shots too, uh, like the last image that we'll look at from the shoot, number 2358. Here I close the aperture down to f2.8 to get more of the subject in crisp focus, and I had him face me and look directly at the lens, This is a nice standard portrait, I think, and definitely something that you should try to capture as insurance. I checked with Lem that he likes wide aperture shots with lots of bokeh before shooting most of the images that we looked at today, but still, it's best to make sure that you get your insurance shots. Throughout the shoot, I shot anything from wide open down to f2.8 and even down to f4 a couple of times. The images that I chose to, shot, uh, to, chose to talk about today are, are the wide open ones because that's what I like. I edited some 260 frames from the shoot down to 61 images which I presented to Lem to make his selection. If I was selecting images for myself, uh, say from a landscape or a flower shoot or a wildlife shoot, I'd have gotten this down to five or six images. 
probably the ones that we looked at today. But because I don't really know the subject that well, I feel that, you know, from a portrait shoot, we should always leave a certain amount of choice to the client, um, perhaps with a little guidance if necessary. There's going to be, a, you know, these small nuances that make one image slightly more attractive to the client than the other. And unless we really know the subject very well, even if we did, it's difficult to guess this from the photographer's perspective. Feedback from Lem so far is that he's very happy with the image's mind. One other thing that I want to discuss is that I intentionally didn't like the backdrop. I think this uh, almost black background adds to the images here, and it helps to bring out the rugged yet distinguished features of the subject. Had I wanted to light the background, I could have either turned the large light, uh, the, the large umbrella to the left, a little bit towards the background, and it would have still fallen on Lem as well. Or I could have got, you know, I could get a third speed light, maybe with a softbox, or even a, a hot light just for the background. Um, and I could either place it behind the subject, sort of shooting up to light the background, or place it overhead so that it lights the subject's hair as well as the backdrop, uh, or just the backdrop. I don't think I needed it here, but you know, I just wanted to mention it because it's definitely something that I'm bearing in mind as I do more of this sort of work. So that's about it for my setup and thought process as I work through the shoot. Uh, as I said though, I'm, I'm really not an expert on this stuff yet, but still, I hope that it's been of some use for you to, to sort of walk through this with me. Before we finish, I'd like to say thanks to Lem for allowing me to use these images and thanks for a great shoot. You were really incredibly easy to work with and a true gentleman in every sense. So, by the way, on the, uh, the saga of the dropped 5D Mark II, if you've been following that on Twitter or my blog, I've received word from the insurance company that they will pay out, and Canon have gotten back to me quoting $1,300 for the repair, and they're basically going to be changing pretty much everything on the camera. Um, I was hoping that they'd just write it off, to be honest, uh, but they want to fix it. Uh, I think that there's some sort of a an engineer's pride going off here. I sensed it in the the guy's um, face and his expression when I when I handed them the camera. Um, but you know, basically, it's like you know, you can't break our cameras that easily. We're going to fix it, uh, even if it does cost half the, the price of the the camera. Uh, so you know, if you want to find out what's happened, uh, if you if you've not checked that out, read the horror story and see the incredibly harrowing photographs. Uh, all on my blog at blog.martinbaileyphotography.com Thanks again to our sponsor, WebSpy and don't forget to tweet thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, Flickr, Facebook as well as my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com and I'll be back next week with another Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Until then, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.